Good morning, church. It is good to be here with you today. If you would, go ahead and grab a Bible and open up the Scriptures with me for just a moment. Before we get started, we're going to read Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. Matthew chapter 25. This is the parable of the talents. And Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 25, he says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who received the two gained two more also. But he who received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have, faith, uh, you have been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed, and I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have uh, come to... And at my coming... uh, I lost my place here. So you have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him as ten talents... For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Good morning, church. It is good to be here today. And good to see all your faces. This morning, if you consider yourself a visitor today, we want to say thank you for being here. We're going to have lunch after church this morning. So please, join us. Hang out for a little while. If you are a member of this congregation, we want to say it's good to see you again. We're glad that you're here today. The song service has been wonderful, and I hope what I've prepared this morning is beneficial to you and that you get something out of it. You know, every job that I have ever had has always had me take some sort of personality quiz, some sort of assessment on my strengths and weaknesses, and I'm sure many of you have had to take some sort of test like that whether it was in school or at work, some sort of inventory on what your gifts are, some sort of inventory on what you're good at. Did you know about 80 million people take a personality test every year? 
I mean, this is a massive industry. I remember I had to do what is known as a strengths assessment uh, my freshman year of college. Uh, I think I had to do multiple strengths assessment, but every time I've ever done it, my number one strength every time is always woo. I like to woo people and impress people. I've got a big personality. I'm loud. I'm an extrovert. What are your strengths this morning if you were to take one of those tests? You know, I know sitting in the audience today, we have many many talented people. We have teachers and lawyers and accountants and architects. We have medical professionals and law enforcement. Many of us sell things. Many of us manage things. We've got people who build things. So many of you are great with your hands. We have some talented and gifted folks here at La Prada Drive Church of Christ, and I am thankful to be a member of this congregation. You should be too. So today, if we were to do a personality test, a strengths assessment, some way of gauging what you're good at and what you bring to the table, what would the results be? Now, you may be sitting there going, Zach, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what my gifts are. And young people, that's okay. You've got time. But the reality is, we have all been given gifts. We've been gifted certain talents and capabilities. Despite our age, despite our level of spiritual maturity, despite our gender, you might have the same talents I do, okay? You might, whether you're a woman or a man. You know, Romans chapter 12, verse 6, talks about the gifts that we've been given. Gifts according to grace by God. And I'll tell you, God expects us to use our gifts in service to Him. And like The master in the parable of the talents, God has entrusted us with gifts. Now, the parable of the talents is talking about money. It is. But the same concepts applies to all the things we've been given in our lives, our possessions, our wealth, our relationships. You know, each one of you, every relationship that we have today is a gift. The church is a gift. And our talent, our ability is a gift from God. And so we have a duty to be good stewards of what we have been given. If you remember last week, Brother Jeff talked to us about unity in the church. Unity as the body of Christ. You know, we are called to the transforming and renewing of our minds as the body of Christ. And what Romans chapter 12 tells us is that through sober judgment, okay, and the grace given to us by God, we can have unity in the church. Do you know how unique that is today? Unity? I mean, look at our country. We're not unified. Look at the states. Look at the state of Texas versus the White House with what's happening on the border right now. We're not unified. But we as a church, we can have unity. But it takes something from us. It takes something. It takes us to serve one another all out in service. That's what will bring unity. Using our gifts and talents that we've been entrusted with by God. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10-11 through 11 says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. 
you know, whether it is the gift of salvation or whether it's the gifts and talents that you have personally or maybe it's just what you have in the bank account financially, the Master has entrusted us with gifts. So let me ask you, are you today in your life, this week, this month, maybe just recently, are you using your specific giftings that God has given you to help the believers in your life? Are you using your gifts gifts to help the church? I mean, just think about that. Take a moment. Don't have a gut reaction, but ponder that this morning. Are you using the gifts to help the believers around you? Because that's how it should be. And I don't say that this morning to heap guilt on you, but I want to highlight the biblical expectation for us as Christians. It is normal for us to use our gifts to serve the body of Christ. That's a normal thing. And so, consequently, it's important for us to identify and cultivate and use our God-given gifts. Now, this morning, you might be sitting there going, Zach, you're talking about gifts. I, I don't know what my gifts are. And that's okay if you're in that boat. But for a moment, I just want to give you some thoughts and ideas that I have on how we might be able to identify our gifts and talents. Okay, so first, number one, Keep growing in the word. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, the more you know about God's word, the more you're going to understand what God's will is for your life. And the more you understand God's will for your life, the easier it will be for you to identify your gifts and apply them to be able to see opportunity to use your gifts. We talked about renewing of our minds a moment ago. Jeff talked about that last week. How do we do that? How do we change our mindset? Well, I would put forward to you today that maybe we've got to take what's out. Get get it out of there. Take what's in our life and get it out of there and replace it with something new. Renew it with something new. And that would be God's Word. And if you do that, I promise you, you will grow in your faith. The next point is, ask the Lord to reveal your gifts. You know, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. I think sometimes we're scared to do this. One, I'm scared because I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get an answer. And, and many times, I mean, look, God's not going to come and whisper in your ear and tell you what your gift are. But many times He answers our prayers with opportunity instead. It gives us opportunity to use our gifts. But secondly, I think we're scared sometimes because we're worried about what the answer is going to be if we ask God, hey, what's my gift? Maybe we're a little intimidated on what he'll say. We need to find ways to use our gifts and pray for opportunity. And we need to be specific. You know, instead of praying for the gift of teaching and the gift of being able to use your tongue, Why don't we pray for the ability to study the Scriptures and let's go study the Scriptures out and grow in our faith and then pray for opportunity to teach. You know, instead of praying for opportunity to be compassionate, I mean, instead of praying for the gift of compassion or hospitality, maybe we need to pray for opportunity to do do just that. You know, maybe we've got a visitor at church Sunday morning and, hey, we can go ask them, invite them over for lunch. Use that hospitality. And maybe there's someone new here who's moving and they need help 
moving all their stuff to their new house. Hey, we've got a moving crew. You can serve in that capacity. There is opportunity, and we need to look for it. Okay, so pray and ask the Lord to reveal your gifts, and then look and wait for opportunity. And while you're looking and waiting, we need to serve wherever we see a need. And this is just my gentle nudge to you this morning. The last thing you want to do while you're waiting on God to show you whatever your gifting is, is just to sit on your hands and do nothing. Many of us have just said, well, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm just waiting for you to reveal my gifts. So I'll just sit here and wait. I find personally that just getting busy is a great way to identify what you're good at. Or maybe identify things you're not good at. You might serve in some capacity and you might say, man, this isn't it. This ain't for me. And that's okay. But you know, folks, extraordinary things don't usually happen to people who are just sitting around doing nothing. That's not how extraordinary things happen. We have to get up and get to work. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7 through 8 says, "...with goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men." Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. You know, there is a principle in Christianity, and this principle is in many, many things in life, that you are going to get out what you put in. And I'm not saying that our Christian walk is like a transactional relationship with God. It's not. But typically for those of us who have identified our gifts... Let me ask you, how did you identify your gifts, what you're good at? More than likely, you discovered those gifts while you were doing, while you were serving others, while you were just going out and working for the Lord, you were able to identify those gifts. We call it on-the-job training in corporate America. Have you ever done on-the-job training? I'm a sales trainer at my job. I'm a salesman, but... Kind of on the side, I'll train newbies that come into our organization. And I work from home, so everything I do is virtual. And so a lot of times I'll have an online meeting with someone and I'll share my screen and I'll share audio so they can hear me on the phone and I'll make sales calls and I'll go throughout my day and they'll just observe me and watch me type emails and do my sales thing. And, you know, that's great training. They learn a lot watching me. But the reality is, I don't know how someone is going to do in sales until they get pushed off the diving board. And we say, okay, it's your turn. Call the prospect. And until I actually hear someone else on the phone, I don't know how they're going to do. You know, many times I think our Christian walk is that exact same way. We don't know how it's going to go. And you know what? You might get up here and lead a song on Wednesday night, and you might make a fool of yourself, and that's okay. I've done that. You know, but we've got to go out and look for opportunity and try different things and allow ourselves to be inspired in those things. The reality is maybe there are talents out there waiting for you to find them, but you just haven't unlocked them yet. Okay? You know, we've got a group of young boys up here whose parents have put a quota on them for the number of people that they have to go talk to after every church service. And they say, you know what, we're not leaving until you've gone and talked to this many people. And Shane and Desiree, I love that. Because you're getting your boys out of their comfort zone. And you're getting them to try new things and go talk to people. And that's how we develop relationships. That's how we identify what we're good at. Is getting out of our comfort zone. So try new things. 
And then while you're doing that, while you're serving, I would encourage you, note your passions, note your burdens. If there are things that are, you're just really passionate about, consider the possibility that maybe that passion and that burden is the Lord pointing you in a particular direction. You know, this morning you might have a passion to work with children or a passion to visit the sick and help the elderly or maybe you've got a passion to pray. I know many of you have got a passion for prayer. Let's say, for example, you see a person at work or a person at school or in the supermarket and you can tell they're struggling and they've got tears on their face and they're having a hard time. And let's say you just feel burdened to go and pray for that person. Maybe you've got the gift of prayer. Maybe you've got the gift of compassion to be able to go and lay your hand on someone and say, Hey, I'm here for you. God loves you. Maybe you have the gift of listening. That's a gift, and that's a huge gift. Use it. What an amazing gift. Now, I would encourage you, listen to your passions and listen to the things that are burdening your heart. And lastly, guys, this takes time, this process of identifying our gifts. So we need to be patient. And I guarantee you there are elderly members of our congregation who maybe just recently figured out their gifts. Sometimes you don't figure out what you're good at until much later in life. You know, it took me two or three years out of college before I realized what I wanted to be when I grew up. It takes a while for us to figure things out and identify and use our gifts and find that opportunity. Why is this stuff important this morning? Why is identifying our gifts and using them so important? You know, the church is like a human body. It's just like our own human bodies. It's a living organism. And the fact is, our bodies cannot operate to its fullest potential without all of our parts functioning properly. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16 says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We are called to edify ourselves through love and service to one another. And so the church is supposed to work just like a human body. Each one of our parts has a vital function. And so what Paul is telling us here is he says, hey, a healthy body builds itself up. It doesn't cut itself down. It builds itself up. So what does that mean for the church? As the church, we should be constantly focused on multiplying our efforts. What does that mean, multiplying our efforts? You know, we build others up around us. A lot of what we do here at this church is focused simply on these young people and getting them to grow in their faith. Okay, we build these, uh, each other up so that then I have someone running the race right alongside me. And when I get tired, I can take that baton and hand it off. Okay, but we need people running the race right alongside us. And so we need to build people up for that endeavor. We should be like a whole body joined together by every joint working properly to be built up in love. You know what that speaks to this morning? That speaks to an activity that we are all a part of today. Every one of us is a part of this activity. An activity that is moving and challenging and encouraging and teaching and speaking and praying for one another. Around each other. 
behind closed doors, we're doing these things for each other. And maybe we're doing it for people outside the church, but we're most certainly doing it for people inside the church. And through that activity that we're all a part of, the church becomes self-sufficient. We take care of ourselves. Isn't that amazing? But you know, that's God's purpose for us to be united in our differences. Now please understand this morning, folks, we all have differences. We are different people. But you know, instead of being envious of someone else's gifts and talents, I need to learn to appreciate what's different about my brothers and sisters in Christ because we should be unified in those differences. We're going to go through this section of Scripture here for uh, the remaining time that we have this morning, Romans chapter 12. But starting out in this sixth verse here, he specifically talks about just this, the, the differing gifts that we have. Paul says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. It's okay for us to look at someone else and say, man, they've got a different gift than I do. And that's all right. Because just like in the physical body, I don't expect all my parts to have the same function. You know, my feet work very well at getting me from point A to point B. My hands do not. And you know, my hands are really good at typing on the computer. My feet are not good at typing. All of our parts have a very specific function, and so do all the parts of the body of Christ. And so that's what Paul is saying here. It's okay to be different. You know, there are members of our congregation here today who have gifts of service that I couldn't even imagine to have. I'm weak in that area sometimes. But there are people here today that step up all the time and go to work for other Christians in their life. Some of you folks in the audience today are compassionate beyond compare and sometimes i just listen to the things that you say to others and i am just baffled by how compassionate and by how much love you have readily available for other people because i can't do that i I don't have that built in me that kind of compassion and patience i'll put my foot in my mouth many times i'll brag on brantley hightower for just a moment you know every now and then we have something happen where someone is really going through a tough time and they're struggling and Many times in those situations, I don't know what to do. And I I start to open my mouth and just talk. And whatever falls out. I'm trying to solve the problem, but I do it with words. But some of us have the gift of prayer. And instead of talking, Brantley Hightower, he says, Hey, let's pray. Why don't we pray? And that is a true gift. To pray for others in your life. And maybe you've got that talent. Our gifts are very different. And that's a good thing for two reasons. One, how boring would it be if all of our gifts were exactly the same? I mean, we would just be robots. It would be boring and mundane. And two, I need you guys to back me up where I am weak. I mean, sure, I've got strengths, but man, my weaknesses abound, folks. And so I need you to come in and back me up and encourage me and strengthen me. That's a beautiful thing that we have in the body of Christ. And so this scripture here goes through and it outlines some different gifts that we have in the body of Christ. The first one it talks about is prophecy. I'm going to go through this list here. It talks about prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, ruling, and then it talks about mercy. Now, this isn't an inclusive list. There is a lot more gifts out there that I haven't even thought of yet that you may think of and may share with me after church. And if you do, please 
Please do. You know, one gift that's not on this list is the gift of protection. You know, we've got some protectors in the audience today. And man, thank, thank you for being here. You guys make me feel safer. You make my family feel safer. So thank you if you're a protector this morning. Maybe you've got the gift of baking or cooking. Maybe you've got the gift of hospitality or singing. We've got some beautiful singers. Or maybe your gift is just your presence this morning. Just being here, you're contributing and lifting up the body of Christ with encouragement. All right, but let's get into this list this morning. First, here, he mentions prophecy. It says, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. You know, people in the religious world today make a big bugaboo about prophecy. People get weird about predicting the future. Thus saith the Lord. We're going into an election year right now. There's going to be a lot of that. Are you prepared for it? Did you know that in the first century church, prophecy was a very common thing? Predicting the future. And, you know, many times this is how the apostles would go into a, a new town and set up churches, is they would use gifts of the Holy Spirit to prove that they were indeed sent from God. And so they would use signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit for confirmation. And so for those in the early church who had the gift of prophecy, they were able to reveal things that the Lord had told them, inspired them to say. And many times that was the foretelling of future events. Now, that was in the first century. And I, I am not going to spend a ton of time on this this morning, folks, but the reality is... I don't believe we have miraculous gifts today. Uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit have ceased. But we today, here at this church, can still prophesy. In fact, what I'm doing up, in the, up in the, on the stage this morning, that is prophecy. And in fact, if we left church today and went to the Sam's Club parking lot down the street, and we stood in the Sam's Club parking lot after church, and we started to preach, and we said, Jesus is coming back. Repent of your sins. The kingdom of, is at hand. And we, we started to preach that message. That would be prophecy. Or maybe today I just opened my Bible for an hour with you. And I just read scripture by itself. That would be prophecy. Okay? Simply put, I think that's what Paul is talking about in reference to us today. So if you have that gift to get up and share revealed truth... That's what prophecy is, sharing revealed truth to people. Then we need to do that. And maybe you say, well, look, I, I'm not ready. My faith isn't there yet. What does it say? He says, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. You know, if you've got the gift to prophesy, but you're not ready, then let's get ready. Okay, let's start to study the word. Let's grow our faith so that we can do just that. The next verse here, verse 7 talks about ministry it says or ministry let us wait on our ministering the english standard says if service in our serving you know this is the same word here that's translated as deacon elsewhere in the bible does everyone know here today what a deacon is i mean a deacon is is just a servant uh, they walk around with aprons and a plunger and they clean things and they take meals to people that's what a deacon is and it's not glamorous but you know, the reality is you don't have to be a deacon in the church in order to serve people. In fact, we should all be 
serving, whether we're a deacon or not. And in the New Testament, we read about, excuse me, simply put here, Paul is saying that if you are gifted to serve, then you need to serve. Don't sit back and hold back those gifts, okay? Let's lift up and serve the, the body of Christ. The end of verse 7 here, he mentions teaching. He says, or he that teacheth on teaching. Now, here it speaks to something important, teaching. And, and many times people, I think, confuse the terms teaching and exhortation. Because in the next verse, it's going to talk about exhorting one another. But teaching, you know, a teacher is someone who has been gifted to just explain the Word of God. And explain it in such a way that the listeners can understand it. And, and so that they can help the listener to then take the Word of God and apply it to their own lives. But oftentimes I think we confuse what teaching is with what it's talking about in the next verse. Preaching, exhortation. It says, he that exhorteth on exhortation. You know, another translation might say encouragement here. That's all exhortation is, is encouraging one another. To preach is to encourage people with the Word of God. It's kind of like that coach in the locker room before you go out and play sports, play football. And that coach is reminding you of all the things that you've practiced and what you've trained on and what you've learned and how we're going to go out on that field and we're going to do those things. That's exhortation. That, that's the coach. And I know we've all had gifted people like that in our lives. Maybe you've got that gift to just go to people and say, hey, you've got this. Jesus is on your side. God is on your side. You can't fail. Maybe you've got that gift of encouragement. I'll say this. I, I, I don't think teaching and exhortation are mutually exclusive. Okay? They, don't, they don't come in one package many times. You don't have to be a great teacher to be good at lifting people up and encouraging others. And so if you've got that talent, I think, man, we could sure use it. The gift of encouragement and the gift of being a good teacher. And I'll say this as well. I don't think you have to be loud like me to be an encourager or to be good at exhortation. You know, simply put, I think exhortation many times comes in a soft, tiny, gentle package, a nudge on the arm. Like I said, guys, you're encouraging people just by your presence here this morning, and you may not even realize it. We need to encourage others. Paul then goes on here to speak of the gift of generosity. It says, He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. In the English Standard Version, it says, The one who contributes in generosity. Isn't that interesting? Do you ever think of money, being able to give financially as a gift that we might have? And we don't think about that sometimes, the gift of generosity or the gift of contribution. Here's my two thoughts on this. One, I don't think you have to have a bunch of money to be good at giving. You don't. I mean, we have people here who make arts and crafts for people and make things and build things for people as a gift. We have people here who bake food. You know, after church today, we're going to go downstairs and enjoy a great meal that was prepared by many of you, okay? Thank you for that gift. Use it, because we sure do appreciate it. Maybe your gift is the gift of time, and you can give that. Maybe that's all you got to give is time. And I'll tell you, I think many times that is the most valuable gift you can give someone. 
Here's my second thought on this gift of generosity. Maybe if you have a bunch of money in the bank account, maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe God has put you in that position for a reason. Okay, so use our gifts. Let's use our gifts to support the church. Next, he talks about ruling and leadership. He that ruleth with diligence. And then in the English, in the English Standard Version says the one who leads with zeal. Okay, Zeal simply means energy and passion. And to me, diligence just means like going all in. We're going to go all in and we're going to get involved as a leader. And we're going to be engaged and we're going to be aware of what's going on. And we're going to have a passion for leadership. And ultimately, we're going to be guided by God's word diligently in our leadership. You know, 1 Timothy chapter 3 talks about the qualifications of an elder. And one of the qualifications of an elder is that they desire the position in the first place. I mean, that's important that you have that desire to rule and lead people. Can you imagine what it would be like this morning if none of our leaders actually wanted to be here? I mean, that wouldn't be cool at all. That'd be no good. So we need leaders who have a passion for serving the Lord and a passion for God's Word. And then finally here, it gets to mercy. Paul says, He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. When we are being merciful, we need to do it with an attitude of cheer. Do you know why Paul says that? You know, many times when we are doing an act of mercy, it takes something of us. Mercy requires sacrifice. And so I think Paul here is just simply reminding us, hey, you're going to have to sacrifice if you are being merciful and helping and loving others and taking care of people who need help. If you are being merciful, it's going to require something of you to extend yourself to care for others. So let's be ready to give up things and to sacrifice, but ultimately let's do it with an attitude of cheer, with an attitude of love. In conclusion this morning, I think the bottom line is this. Whatever you're called to do today, whatever God has gifted you to do, we need to be involved as the church. We need to be working as the church. We need to be active in the church be active in what you were called to do, folks. In Luke chapter 12, verse 48, Jesus gives His disciples a warning here. And He tells them, For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. It's the same principle in the parable of the talents that we started out with this morning. Much is going to be required of us if you've been given a lot. And the reality is, folks, we live in America today. I mean, we are blessed beyond compare to the rest of the world, to the rest of the history of civilization. We are blessed and gifted to be here in America today. What are you doing with that gift? Much will be required of us. You know, if you're a member of this church this morning, maybe you're a brand new member, or maybe you're a member who grew up in the church like me. And I mean, what a blessing, folks. What a blessing this body of believers is for encouragement and, and to be a, a, a true family. What a gift. Don't waste that gift. Don't waste it. We've all been given a gift today. So what 
are you going to do with it? I think we need to get busy, folks. And I, I think we also need to remember and realize something. There is not a single one of us today who has been left out of this equation. Every one of us is a part of this equation that God has put together. And I think that since there is 100% gifting by God, we need to have 100% participation in the church. We owe it to Him for the gifts that we've been given. You can't sit. Another thing is you can't sit and look at someone else's gift. You can't compare yourself to other believers around you. Because if you do that, you're going to end up digging a hole and burying your talent in the ground and covering it up with dirt. So don't worry about what else someone else is doing. You've got to do what God has called you to do. So today, what is your passion? What are you seeing in front of you? What are your hands finding to do in your life? And if you don't know, if you feel lost in this whole process, then let's go talk to people. You know, there are members of this congregation who would break their back to help you and to serve you. And they're just waiting for you to ask. I mean, if they knew that you needed help, they would be begging to help you. I'm telling you. And so we just need to ask. And we need to go and, and, and talk to people. Build relationships. Get a mentor. All you have to do is ask, Hey, I, what can I do? Hey, how can I serve? Hey, how can I get connected at this local body? And I guarantee you, we can assist you in that way. This is important, folks, because Jesus is coming back someday. He is the master, like the parable of the talents. He is the master, and we are His servants. And He has given us talent. How will we use it? And how will Jesus find you upon His return? Will He find you having multiplied your gifts and applied your talents and used them, sharing it with the people around you? Or will Jesus find you with nothing in hand, and you have to go dig your talent out of the ground, and it's got dirt on it, and you've got to wash the dirt off and then say, Jesus, here you go. Thanks. Let's use our talents. Let's not take it for granted this morning. Today, we're going to offer an invitation now, and maybe today you recognize that, hey, I've got some gifts that I've never used, or maybe... I don't even know what my gifts are in the first place. We can help you. We can pray for you. And we can come together and unite in this effort. So maybe today you're convicted because you've never used your gifts. And you've allowed it to just sit on the shelf, wasted. Let's talk about that. And let's pray. And let's, let's fix that. And maybe today, maybe you've got some gifts, but you've never received the gift. The gift of salvation. This morning, we want to offer that to you as well. If you haven't been baptized in the blood of Christ, certainly you need to take care of that today. If there is any way we can help you in any sort of way, please come to the front. Take a seat on this front pew while we stand and while we sing. Make me Lord, make me.